you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the world. In the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, folks. It's Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com. The Chris Voss Show. Com. Hey, we're coming here with another great podcast. We certainly appreciate you guys tuning in. Be sure to see the video version of this at youtube.com forward slash Chris Voss, or you can go to goodreads.com forward slash Chris Voss, see all the books we're reading over there. You can also follow us at facebook.com forward slash the Chris Voss Show. Uh, you can also follow uh, numerous Chris Voss Show groups on Facebook and on LinkedIn as well. And uh, you can follow us on Instagram at uh, the Chris Voss Show or forward slash Chris Voss. And this episode is brought to you by IFI Audio and their new Neo IDSD. The Neo is the new wave of digital sound listening for your desktop, music, gaming, and bleeding edge Bluetooth, even MQA audio file decoding. Uh, we're using it in the studio right now. I've loved my experience with it so far. It just makes everything sound so much more richer and better and takes things to the next level. IFI Audio is an award-winning audio tech company with one aim in mind, to improve your music enjoyment of quality sound, eradicate noise, distortion, and hiss from your listening experience. Check out their new incredible lineup of DACs and audio enhancement devices at ifi-audio.com. Recently, I joined Clubhouse in the last week. If you haven't checked out the Clubhouse app, it's only available, unfortunately, on the iTurd. I mean, the iPhone. Uh, <laughs> the iTurd. Uh, and uh, so I've been on there, and it's been an incredible experience uh, to diff- hear and experience different speakers. And it's kind of like uh, if you would imagine going to a show like CES or South by, uh, and you go to panels events and there's panel speakers that sit up on kind of a dais or a stage and, uh, they impart whatever their sort of knowledge and use of there's Q and a, and then sometimes there's interaction with the audience. Sometimes people brought up in the stage to talk or use themselves. And so that's kind of what that is in a audio only format. And it's really cool. You network with a lot of different people. And I fortunately was in the audience of one of these rooms when a gentleman came on to what they call the stage uh, of the, of uh, the clubhouse uh, and uh, began to talk about his experience of what he'd gone through at the coup, I'm going to call it a coup, the fascist coup riots uh, there at the Capitol just last week. And uh, the beautiful thing about uh, Clubhouse is you can go see people's links on uh, on uh, Instagram. You can see their photos of their photographer. And so I wanted to get a chance to see what his experience was once I heard he's a photographer. And I was just blown away. And part of it was the story. I love people... Uh, they, they go into different experiences and they have a perspective and a story to tell. And not only from their interviews, but from their own thing. And I just found that just incredibly intriguing with this gentleman. So I'd love to bring him on now with us uh, and invite him on the show. And uh, he was graceful enough to want to spend some time with us. His name is Mel D. Cole. And uh, he's an incredible photographer and uh, a brilliant thinker. Let's put it that way. Mel, welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you, Chris. Thank you. I'm very well. Very well. Tired, but very well. First yeah, you see, you seem a little tired. <laughs> I think you're a couple hours ahead of me. You're probably getting at the end of the day. So thank you yeah. for coming on. We really appreciate it because I was just, I was, first you had me floored with what you talked about in Clubhouse mm-hmm. and your perspective. And then I saw your photos and I just, my mind just went. Oh, uh, so Mel, uh, if you could give us your dot coms, plugs, uh, places you want people to check you out and get to know you better. Yeah, you can check out the more uh, immediate work, you know, things fast on Instagram. I'm at Mel D. Cole. Pretty much I'm at Mel D. Cole on every social media app uh, there is, you know, even on MySpace. <laughs> and, there you go. Uh, we go all the way back to Black Planet. I'm Mel D. Cole on there, too. So, uh, yeah, check me out there. And also on my website, MelDCole.com. And yeah, that's pretty much it. That's where you can find me. There you go. I heard Donald Trump's trying to like, find his MySpace password because that's probably the place you can get on. So there's that. Hey, yeah, they Dude might not. Have, I don't, 
don't, I, I don't think that he's allowed on there either. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Tom's not going to allow him on. Uh, right. So, so uh, let's get some background on you. Uh, do you want to do you want to tell us about your upbringing and what brought you into photography? Before we get into some of the details of the event, and and you sure. covered Black Lives Matter as well. Yeah, I did. So originally, I'm from Syracuse, New York. Uh, she's upstate New York. Uh, born and raised there. Uh, all my family's there, and I'm a graduate of uh, Stony Brook University on Long Island, New York, and now I currently reside in Jersey City, which is two steps away from uh, New York City. I look out my window and I can see uh, Freedom Tower, aka World Trade Center. Um, so yeah, this is this is home, New York area. And yeah, been a photographer for about 20 years. Um, I started shooting on a disposable camera at a little place called SOBs in Manhattan. And yeah, it's the love of music that brought me to, to wanting to document as a fan. And that grew into, you know, the person I am now where I have a book that's out that I released last uh, February 2020 to uh, being able to call people like Trey Songs and Questlove and Black Thought, you know, some of my friends, and not just my friends, those are my brothers. So, yeah, I shot uh, all, just about every protest, it seems like imaginable, in, in New York City during the summer for Black Lives Matter. And, um, yeah, next thing you know, that leads you up into shooting election stuff, and here we are. I shot the infamous day, January 6, 2001, in Washington, D.C., and a day that will live in infamy, uh, as we yes. discussed before the show. This is gonna, this is gonna be around for a while. I think the news on it, and probably your photos too. Um, yeah. And I think, I think uh, you're in talks with some book deals, possibly to to put some of the photos in into a book and tell the yeah. story. Yeah, yeah. There's a small competition out there, you know, trying to sign me. So we'll see how that goes. You know, pick the best one, the one with the right offer, the one that fits, you know, well for my brand as well and their brand. So. Yeah, lots going on, man. It's a lot. So, uh, not only was it the story that you told. I mean, I'm a I've been a photographer. I bought all the lenses, but I didn't have the talent and the, or the patience mm. for doing the settings. So, I know what good photography looks like. It's just never mine. So, <laughs> I, I I tried that for a few years and gave it up. And so, I have a lot right. of respect for the work that goes into it. And I've got some good photographer friends that are that are they're talented than I'm not. Um, and so when I saw your pictures, it was quite extraordinary. Uh, but there's, but there was a lot of different storytelling you did at this event. And, you know, you've, you've, you've done hip hop artists, you've done uh, black lives matters uh, events. And I, I imagine sometimes there's the fear of the police, but what made you want to decide to go do this event? I mean, you're doing a Confederate <laughs> sort of event where yeah. it's uh there's a whole lot of bad people there. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, I mean, I think what you're trying to say is it's not the safest person, uh, safest place for a black person to be necessarily. Well, they're waving Confederate <laughs> flags. And we yeah. know a lot of them are racist white nationalist people. Yes. And yes. Uh, yes. But, there's, uh, you know. What it comes down to, man, is, is these, these days is that, you know, being a white nationalist doesn't necessarily mean that you're white. Um, yeah, that's true. There's, there's, I mean, the leader of the Proud Boys is not a white man. So, you know, and that organization is deemed, you know, a white supremacist organization. So, I mean, uh, there's plenty of black people. I wouldn't say plenty, but you see black people there. You see Asian people. You see, you know, Vietnamese origin and Japanese, like, coming straight over here, you know, to support Donald Trump. I mean, but, uh, yeah, it, it's it's... It's crazy, you know, and yeah, I do fear for my life. I fear that, you know, somebody might want to take a cheap shot. Oh, here's an easy, you know, way to stab a black man in the back, you know, literally, you know, my back is turned. But um, ultimately, I'm there because, you know, if not me, then who? Who's going to do it? And I put myself in danger because it's an important event, you know, to document. I want to document it. I'm fascinated by um, politics right now, especially the, the Donald Trump and his movement. And um, it's just a pivotal time in American history that I feel like, you know, it's just super important. I, I have to be there. I'll be at the inauguration as well. You know, whatever, whatever that's going to look like. It's looking like it's not going to be much this year, but I'll be there. <laughs> it's like it's going to be a lot of military, I guess. But uh, yeah. it'll, it'll probably be great for photographs because it's going to be the most uniquest thing ever 
exactly. hopefully it'll be the mostest thing ever in the future too um, right. that we don't have to see um but you know as we talked before the show i grew up i was born in 1968 i grew up mm-hmm. through the 70s you know even as a child three and four years old i'm watching nixon and the tv and you know the vietnam riots and and the replays of the 1968 uh, democratic thing uh convention you know the uh trying to think of the the college where the the kids got shot you know just a was that kent state time yeah kent state yeah yeah uh kent state bobby kennedy martin luther king right the just just a horrible fucking time to be yeah and you're just sitting there going this is my world and so when i looked at a lot of your photos and a lot of the interviews you did it really reminded me especially the beautiful photos you did in that nice grittiness and that beautiful texture mm-hmm. of black and white so uh why don't i quit talking and let you uh, <laughs> uh tell us tell us what your experience was like that day i'll let you just walk right through it so my experience is i woke up at five o'clock in the morning i get to uh the the media entrance because I'm uh, I got approved for a press press to actually you know shoot the event because you know people kind of forget like there was actually an event where there were speakers you know and Donald Trump spoke behind bulletproof glass you know to get in you're getting your bag searched by the Secret Service and getting patted down by the Secret Service and getting wound by the Secret Service you know and then you're being escorted in uh, by not by the Secret Service but like a PR person so they give you you know, a press pass. They give you a, a White House pool press pass. But I was like, oh, this is cool. Definitely yeah. a keepsake. Uh, but then you're in there, man. You're you're in there and, and slowly but surely everybody starts trickling in and all the Trump supporters and all the VIP Trump supporters. There were nuns. There were uh, priests. There was Alex Jones, who, you know, I, I'm not a fan of, but, all, you know, a fascinating figure in, you know, radio and podcasting you know youtube which he doesn't have anymore all those things but you know it's fascinating i listen to howard cern a lot and, he, and one of his guys does this amazing impersonation of him and uh i i basically i was like oh man like i would love to get on howard stern so i went and asked alex jones a question <laughs> asked him what do you think about howard stern's impersonation and he was like oh i, I think it's funny and he's like i gotta go and i had a follow-up i was like oh man this isn't so funny <laughs> it never makes <laughs> All right, this will never make Stern, but, you know, it's funny to me. But, um, you know, just you're there just listening to all the speeches. There's Donald Trump Jr., uh, Rudy Giuliani. There's, uh, you know, all these different people, and they're all saying the same thing about how the election was stolen, how, you know, they don't believe, you know, what is happening is true, and we got to fight, 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 do this, fight this, and we're going to go down to, you know, Capitol Building and demand answers and, Trump got on stage and basically, as most of you are listening now, you know, like he was saying the same things about we're going to go fight. And he said himself that he was going to go down as well. So to me, you know, that was basically giving the green light to, you know, the extremists in the crowd to go do what they did. And lo and behold, you know, I didn't know at the time because I got fixated on taking photos of uh, these nuns that had on MAGA scarves and signs and stuff and i was like oh this is a fascinating photo and at the time i thought that that was going to be my photo of the day i thought this is it you know and whatever else happens this is unique little did i know you know walking down the street i believe it's constitution avenue you know you get there and it turns into you know one of the as we all know the day one of the days that i live in infamy in, in, in american history and world history yeah did you do you know you can watch the thing with donald trump but you can't feel the crowd you were in the crowd did you really feel like an amped up you know once he got on you, you the emotion in the crowd see i i don't i don't know because i was in like uh like a vip area mm. excuse me so they had you know people that had tickets where is where i was where the press was um mm. everyone else was far back so and there's this big gap in between. They had it all blocked up, so you couldn't even walk up and talk to anyone. You couldn't even cross. As soon as you went underneath the rope, the Secret Service was like, well, "Where are you going?" And you know, kind of situation. <laughs> no, nowhere. Wherever you tell me to go, that's yes, where I'm sir. going. I don't want any problems, sir. That's how uh, I am with cops. Yeah. Uh, so don't uh, shoot me. <laughs> right. So it wasn't after I took the photos of the nuns that I walked out in the crowd. 
And that's where you really got to sense, okay, everyone's walking in the same directions and, you know, same thing. Everyone's hyped up, you know, you got people, you know, playing the drums and, you know, everyone's chanting and you see some, you start to see some Confederate flags, people waving them proudly, you know, and then you get to the the Capitol building and basically you're like, holy crap, this is going down right now. Did you think that that they would really do what they ended up doing or did you think okay well we're gonna go and it's gonna be rowdy and they're gonna yell and scream and yeah i thought i thought it was gonna be just rowdy yelling scream um quite possibly you know some pepper spray uh you know getting in cops faces maybe the cops would rough up some people i thought it would be your you know uh it, it sucks to say it's kind of like your typical you know like crazy protests you know like i've seen before like I, i've seen cops you know you know, do their thing. The protesters, where the protesters, yeah, they're fighting back, but they're not, you know, kicking butt. They're not whooping ass. So, you know, that's what I thought was going to happen, and I was all game to get those, you know, those type of photos because it's very. I haven't seen cops versus, you know, uh, back the blue people, you know, <laughs> collide. Usually, what I've seen is back the blue giving fist pump to cop. Uh, yeah, you know, kind of situation. You know, they they felt like they were on their side. This time it was like, no, the cops are traitors. Yeah, They're traitors. So we are going to show you what we do to traitors. That was it. Was quite extraordinary. You're just like, wow. Um, so you know the the I watched one AP reporter uh, who was uh, doing some camera work and he has camera there and I I could tell it looked like it was one of those nice that nice Canon DX1 or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. it's got the big body and and he gets thrashed on they think he's antifa for some reason which i guess that was their thing and right. they start beating he, the hell out of him, he a white him guy backward. yeah yeah and they start beating him up they push him back uh and they just keep throwing him back and they're swinging at him and they're screaming at him are you a you're a tifa and and he's an ap reporter and i think at one point they strip his camera from him because hmm. he finally gets it back and I'm not sure if they broke the uh, the 7200 that he had on, because uh, that wasn't on there at the time. So, mm-hmm. um, but uh, to, did you ever feel like? I mean, you, you walked around, and if you, if you go to Mel's uh, Instagram and his website, you're going to see the video and the interviews he did and the spectacular photos. But you're actually, you know, you're talking to people. Uh, did did you ever really? Was there any moment where anybody tried to turn on you or anything? Where you're like, "Holy shit, it's going down." Uh, not not really. You know, just moving like how I move. You know, just being yeah. confident, um, being respectful of you know the space that I'm in. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I mean the space, like all of it. So you're not you know you're not rushing through people. If you bump somebody, you're saying excuse me. You know, you're sir, ma'am, all of those things. You know, you want to show that you don't want to be messed with, but also, uh, you know, you're not trying to intimidate anyone either. You don't want any problems, you know? Yeah. So like I said, like, it's just, you know, by the, you know, moving and shaking, doing what I do. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's how I can explain it. And then, you know, you can't see my face, but it's just like, you know, with because I have a mask on and, but I, I'm just not really trying to be messed with, you know, that's yeah. the attitude that I have. Like, you know, just blank face. Like, I'm I'm trying to be invisible, <laughs> yeah. you know. So, but I had, it was only one instance where this man turned around. I had my press stuff on as well. And he turns around and he looks at me. And, and he was kind of like soft-ish. Like, he's like, oh, get out of here. And I just said, and I just got finished talking to other people around me. This is like right at the entranceway to get into the, you know, to, to the Capitol building where all the fighting was happening, as you see on the TV mostly all day is uh is right there. And I just say, turn around everybody. It's like, yeah, he just told me to leave. They were like, it's uh, this one lady. It's like, it's okay, honey, just come over here. I said, oh, okay. Yeah, you know, the point of that is like, I just wanted to let them know that, you know, I'm not, you see, I'm not doing anything wrong. I've been here all day, you know, for two hours already. And now this guy is messing with me. So I just uh, kind of let everybody know. And they were just like, okay. So at that point, you know, it's like if something happened, I would I would hope that they would, you know, try to intervene. Yeah. And that was my hope. So. Well, being a good photographer like you are, I mean, it, it, you want to blend in the background and be incognito because you're trying to capture the real moments. Right. Right. 
And and if some people see you have a camera, then they change to something else. Exactly. And, exactly. Yeah. yeah, they do. And so that's a that's a talent and skill that you have. One of the photos that you took that uh, I've seen, uh, you know, a lot of people I've seen on websites. Uh, it struck me and the story behind it was the photo you have of the cop who was dragged into the crowd and they're literally beating him. Uh, tell us a little bit about that, if you would. Yeah, I mean that that really happened so fast. It uh, you know, I'm on the right side of the door. And then, you know, I'm standing up a little bit and then you're up on something, uh, ledge. And you just see everybody, him coming down and everyone's cheering. Yeah, yeah. Beat him up, kill him, you know, uh, kick his ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Traitor, traitor, traitor. And you hear USA, USA, USA. And then, um, you know, he just had this. When I snapped, you know, snapped a bunch of friends, but. The one that everyone is seeing, the one that you're referring to, is just like he just has this look of fear on his on his face. It was like, you know, I felt like the look was like, "I'm about to die. Don't kill me. Please come save me. Help me." And yeah, it's like I've never seen a police officer look like that before. You, You know, usually they just have this. This calm about them. They're confident. You know, they're they're they they're in control. And at this point, you know, this man was not in control of anything. Um, you know, and later on, you find out even more tidbits about the story that I didn't know at the time. Like they took his his badge. They they talking about killing with his own gun. You know, and he you know screaming out, "I have kids." You know, so it's just it's heartbreaking. You know, to know that that happened. And luckily a few people around him, you know, were not all about, you know, whooping the police's ass. They were, you know, I think if I had to assume just caught up in the moment, it's like looking at a fire, they were there and they couldn't turn around because it's like, why would they, um, you know, they intervened and, you know, uh, kind of put a stop to it. And everyone came in their senses because, you know, they backed the blue that that's not what they do. So, they allowed uh, him to go back up and some other officers to come back down and they, you know, rescued him, so to speak. And moments after that, his game back on. Wow. It's a sobering photo. You can see his, his back jacket, I think says Metropolitan mm-hmm. Police. And yeah. You can see the horror and terror in his face. And then I think you posted a thing from his ex-wife who tells, mm-hmm. who gave the background on the story, uh, which was just, just, Oh my God! It just floors you right into your soul and heart. Yeah, yeah. If you don't feel for that, even if you don't, you know, like the police, or you feel like you want to defund the police or reform them or whatever, you know, if if you don't feel that, I feel that you know, where's your humanity? You yeah. know, what I mean, this this person is a human being. You know, he's alive and breathing. You know, and might not approve of his job and career choice, but I mean, the man has kids and, you know, I wouldn't wish death or harm on any man or person for that matter. Yeah. And you, you, there was some, also some other stuff from your work that day that struck me. Like I, I have a lot of discussions with my black friends about when I see black Trumpers or a, you know, like we talked about all the different people that clearly, you know, I, I know the agenda of Stephen Miller and Donald Trump and mm-hmm. they are white supremacist, white nationalists. They, they have no interest in anybody who doesn't look like them. Uh, in fact, if they, they do, it's evil. Uh, and Stephen Miller is an body of that. Um, and, and so when I see people like even, I think in one of your videos, there's even a gay guy dancing or what I think mm. is the gay guy. And, and, and I'm just like, do you guys understand like this? You're seriously on the wrong side. And radicalization has been like a word that's really been banging around my head the past two or three months in the conversations we've been having, uh, trying to understand it. Cause I always try to understand what people do. And it was really, you had a gentleman who was, uh, in your feed that you interviewed and he was a very young guy. In fact, I think there was a couple of different uh, black guys. Yeah, it's a, yeah, yeah, two. There was one that was 21 and one that said he was 19. Yeah. And your discussion with him really, um, I thought was really interesting. I don't know if mm. you want to talk about that. Um, sure. And his, 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 his perception or his take on things. Yeah. Let's just back up with the gay guy. I think you're referring to in the video. I mean, 
either he was gay or he was holding someone else's uh, megaphone. He just said it had uh, the LBT uh, Q. I believe I just messed that up. I'm sorry, everybody. Uh, <laughs> the rainbow flag, uh, it had the colors on there and it said it as well. Uh, so I assumed he was gay, but also I've met a few gay men uh, that are down and love Trump. There's one uh, specifically in New York that goes around, he comes to all the events and he wears a gays for Trump shirt. And when, uh, I have this one photo of him holding a can of Goya uh, beans. And this is when everyone was uh, going protesting Goya beans. And it was like, honestly, I was just a bit confused, but fascinated as well. I was like, man, this guy is, you know, freaking amazing. But, you know, um, so fast forward to what else you said about, uh, yeah, interviewing uh, black men that are Trump supporters, interviewing black people in general uh, that are Trump supporters is another uh, focus of mine when I see them, I, I just can't help it. It's like, you know, please uh, uh, bear the honey. It's like I gotta talk to them, and um, and lo and behold, you know, they want to talk to me. They, 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 they want to get you know things off of their chest. Uh, but this time in particular, this is my first time talking to young black men that are Trump supporters. And this one guy's 21 years old. He's from Princess George County, which is, I believe, in Maryland. Uh, right outside of D.C. is where a lot of the African-American population uh, lives these days, from my understanding. I haven't been there, but this is what I've been told. And, um, you know, I just speak to him. I see him, and he has this giant, big hair, big head of dreads. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he has a red MAGA hat on. And I walk past him and I say, oh, my God, this guy is super interesting. Mm. So I take his photo and I say, thank you. And I walk away and then I say, oh, my God, light bulb went off. I said, I have to talk to this person, but I'm so far away. There's thousands of people. So I go back on that side and I'm crossing my fingers in my head. I'm like, please, please, I hope I say it. Then he just appeared because he stands out like a sore thumb, dreads, red hat, black. I was like, I, I'm going to see him. So there he is. And I asked, I was like, hey, I was like, hey, bro, can I talk to you for a second? He was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we walked and talked. And usually I film, I'm not on camera, but since we were walking, I'm holding my phone and talking to him at the same time, looking at it. So, you know, you got to do what you got to do to get to get the job done. So, um, yeah, we just talked about, you know, why are you here and what's going on? And, you know, why are you supporting Trump? And he gave him his answers, you know, what he you know, uh, thinks that is his truth. And um, yeah, I left it at that. You know, I, I go in and, I, and when I talk to people, I'm just super respectful. I let them, I, I give them the stage, as you say, you know, like in Clubhouse. And um, yeah, it's like I try not to steer it, you know, too much into, in, one, in one direction or another, you know, and uh, just let them talk, man, and, and give them, give them the platform. But also, you know, a big part of it is is to show my followers that there are people that you least suspect in walking down the street that may not just automatically agree with you just because you share the same skin color as them, the same heritage, the same you're the same race. Um, that is not true. And you know, this guy looks like he could be an up and coming rapper. Like he's supposed to have a song a song on SoundClass. Like he's you know, trying to make it out in the world, it looked like he does poetry and burns incense at home and, you know, all those types of things, all your stereotypical things, but no, he's a, a Trump supporter. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what's funny is I look like a Trump supporter. And if you, you put do. Sun, if you look sunglasses <laughs> on me, it, I look like a cop. I remember the first time I had Eddie Glaud Jr. on, he looked at me like, what did I just walk into? Um, yeah, I'm not going to lie. I got, I got up here. I was like, huh. <laughs> I probably should be wearing the red shirt. <laughs> it's the red shirt right now. Yeah, that's, that's probably a bad choice on my part. It's like the right. one shirt I, I normally wear these big baggy shirts that look like I slept in mm-hmm. them because I'm a fat guy. And this is like a small tight shirt, but it's the only one I have. So, But it doesn't make me look as fat. But, yeah, uh, only thing that only thing that you're, you're getting red is a starter shirt. If it said Under Armour on it, <laughs> <laughs> then we might have a problem it's, it's starter so i'm like all right cool under okay. armor is like a, a telltale <laughs> for police officers or you might live in staten island somewhere or something like that 
You know, years ago, uh, one of the companies we used to own was a franchise, uh, and uh, it was called Cool Cats with uh, two Ks. And uh, we had Sean John Rockaware, uh, State Property, and all these clothes, the clothing lines, and we were partnered up with a friend. And uh, sometimes I would dress up in their outfits and, like, <laughs> just, like the dumbest-looking thing ever with me. Um, uh, you got to send me some photos of that. <laughs> I, I don't. I do have a photo with me with uh, – who did the Crossroads song from – uh, bone, uh, bone thugs bone thugs yeah. yeah he came we host we sponsored him and he came to the mall and shot with oh, us that's, and did a but concert. that's a group though crossroads it, meet me it at was the, the it was the one of the gentlemen bones yeah it's bone thugs and harmony is a group though who was the it was one of the guys from the the thing it's been like yeah. 15 years so yeah i'm not I'm but not i do sure. have a photo of that so that was a cool <laughs> one. That was i would love cool. to see that you gotta yeah. show me um so uh what was interesting to me about the gentleman though was when you when you asked him why he was there the first thing mm-hmm. he he mentioned was like energy i love the energy of donald trump and and you could tell that 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 energy is really like the real emotion you see that in a lot of fascist movements mm-hmm. i've seen that in a lot of young people regardless of of what their background is or race is they they don't really know about politics as much or have a good grasp. Like, right. know, like I don't know about you, but I, you know, I sit and watch MSNBC or CNBC all day long. I study politics. I'm oh, old, man. Awesome. I'm not chasing chicks anymore. And, uh, <laughs> and so it was, it really spoke to me. I don't, I still don't know if radicalization is the right word. Yeah. But... I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that's the right word as, as well. I think that, I think that a lot of are just, I hate to say loss. Loss has been, a big buzzword lately on my Instagram and, you know, everyone's saying, Oh, he's lost. He's lost. And I'm like, I don't think he's lost. He's found his way. This is his way. It's just not your way. Uh, in particular, like he's doing his thing. Um, and then a lot of people are like, Oh, he's young. He'll come back, you know, uh, come back to what? Like, this is what he wants to do. Yeah. Just because he doesn't believe in what you want to believe in, you know, but then it's like, you know, is he radicalized? You know, he's not, he's not a terrorist, you know, yeah. he's, you know, a part of this movement, you know, called, you know, the MAGA, the Make America Great Again movement. But, you know, his reasons, you know, were very uh, basic to me. It's like, you know, it's like one of those things on my friends doing, oh, this is kind of cool. Let me do it. Um, you know, let me experience it. And that's what I felt with the 19 year old. I mean, this, this guy, told me that he didn't even vote in the last election. Yeah, he could have voted. Now, he just didn't turn 19. He was, I, I thought he was going to be like, oh, no, I just turned blah, blah, blah. You know, but no. You know, even if he did just turn 19, no, that wouldn't work. The mask, duh. <laughs> and uh, I asked him, he's like, no, I didn't vote. Uh, but I learned my lesson. I'm going to vote in the prime, uh, the local elections. And I asked him why he was here. And he said, I'm not here for Donald Trump. I'm here for America. And yeah. Underneath my mask, my mouth was like, oh, okay. You know, so you just went and got pepper sprayed multiple times. And he told me that it was the second time he said, in the same eye for America. But, okay. And I, and I just turned around and on, on the camera, I, I repeated it back to myself what he just said so I can really just ingrain it in my brain. And then, you know, you just get really distracted because there's a million things going on. But I was just like, wow. <laughs> and I just knew that at that time that that clip was going to be gold and people were going to, you know, have a huge discussion about it on my Instagram uh, for better or for worse. Uh, you know, they were going to talk about it. I had the same reaction you did. I was just like... I don't, I don't, I'm lost, man. Um, yeah. there's the, if people go through your Instagram, which I highly recommend, uh, there's, there's other great documentation of, uh, just the extraordinary amount of violence, vandalism, uh, just, just to see of people, but you capture it really well, especially in those, like I say, those gritty black and whites. Um, mm-hmm. One of the funniest, uh, maybe maybe I should also say one of the saddest, but also one of the best documentations of white entitlement was the the crazy guy with the glasses who talks about how he got pulled over, I think, one time and slammed. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and he had on a, a jacket as I think it says Lashawn. I actually that wasn't uh, I didn't capture that then. If you look at the date, is uh-huh. uh, from outside of a Trump rally in Redding, Pennsylvania uh, mm. for, 
you know, election, re-election rally. And I saw him dressed up like he was dressed up after the rally. And we're on the side of a highway and we talked for like eight minutes. And, you know, maybe like around in the six minute mark or so, I forget exactly, you know, I asked him about Black Lives Matter and, uh, you know, racism and, you know, all of the all of the things that, you know, you, you ask a Trump supporter, you know, because, you know, Trump doesn't believe in a lot of these things. So you ask them if they believe, try to get their opinion. So then he, you know, he goes on to tell me the story. You know, I, I was harassed by the cops. I was pushed. You know, I was beat up and. You know, they broke my glasses, right? I shit myself. And then, you know, he looks me right in the face and says, yeah, I know what it is to, you know, how it feels to be black. And <laughs> honestly, listen back to it. I don't know how I, I didn't go, motherfucker, what the fuck? Get that? Like, <laughs> but I was just like, you can hear in the video, I was just like, you know, at one point he says he breaks his glasses or something. I say, oh, no. <laughs> just, yeah. but you know, he's like, got cool glasses on. Yeah, you know, he's, he's racist. Really, you know, yeah, he was but a really nice racist. You know, he's nice to me, and he 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 allowed me to talk to him and you know get his story and and you know tell his story, which was you know important to me. But um, ultimately, man, like yeah, uh, white people. And other people that are not black, if you're not black, you know, and, and some people I think get past as Puerto Ricans and some Hispanics and so on and so forth. I mean, ultimately, you do, you do not know what it is to be black. You just don't, you know, and don't ever say that to anyone. Don't ever say that to a black person. Uh, and, you know, and also, you know, don't tell me how cool it is to be black as well. I've had someone tell me that before in Australia, and that was just a crock of shit as well. It really pissed me off, but that's a whole nother story. <laughs> I can't blame you. You know, it, it, and to me, that's what a lot of you capture. A lot, of, what a lot of you, what you, ca- a lot of what you captured. I'm dyslexic in the brain, evidently. Uh, a lot of what you captured was that that white entitlement, that white, uh, uh, you know, their ability to just think, well, I can do whatever I want if I want to go storm the Capitol and, and all that good stuff. And, yeah, I was floored when he said that. I'm in the middle of reading cast. Uh, we didn't get her in time, but when she was starting her book tour to come on the show, and so we mm-hmm. kind of late of it. Um, but I'm reading cast right now, and it, it's a really hard uh, read, but a necessary one. I'm telling all my friends to read it. And then, you know, this year we've had uh, a lot of authors about James Baldwin on, uh, and talking about white nationalism, of course, in the churches and different things. And so to see him make that statement at the end where just because he got pulled over once and slammed up against the car, I know what it's like to be black, is just shocking. It just floors It's absurd. Me. It's absurd, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's absurd. Uh, but I think, you know, I never really realized this before I started doing this work because I didn't set out, you know, to document the uprising, Black Lives Matter, you know, this all started because of COVID, you know, and there's nothing else to shoot. All the music, you know, tours and all that stuff, obviously is done, still done, you know. So when George Floyd died, you know, I dedicated myself and my career and my platform to making sure that uh, the stories and and, and the streets and what's happening outside during these protests are are shown, you know, in in the best and most truthful light as possible you know like i said earlier that turns into you know the election that turns into all these other things that you know overlap and intersect and you know so on and so forth and here i am you know talking to people and interviewing people and what i've learned you know is just to you know pretty much keep my personal opinions out of it i think that's you know what they call journalism so to speak you know one part of it and uh, just really get what they're showing, what they're saying. And I just have this, I've learned to have this calming effect and make people comfortable. And he was comfortable enough to, to tell me that, you know. And I was like, after listening back to it, you know, I, I really gave myself a big pat on the back from it because, you know, obviously it's, it's fucking gold, you know. And it, it's, but at the same time, you know, it pisses me off personally. Yeah. And it really speaks to the problem. I hope something like that is something that, uh, you know, we that the white people will look at and go, wow, that's how fucking awful we really are. We need to work right. on this. We need to stop this. My big thing in the next uh, 
in the next four years is to make sure we don't forget how much we got to fix in this. Cause a lot of people sat back with Obama and were like, well, we fixed racism because there's a black president. Right. No, actually we, you know, backlash city with the, with the racist. One of the other examples of that was the uh, gentleman, the blue shirt with a Q on it, clearly a QAnon supporter. And, I hope he is. If he wasn't, <laughs> he he better be the way he was screaming and yelling at me. I mean, not at me, but just screaming and yelling. At the, the capsule that you capture him at is extraordinary. He's spitting, he's drooling, and he's screaming about our country, which I had to learn when Donald Trump was elected is the heritage code of, you know, it doesn't mean you're me and everybody else's country. It means their country and fuck the rest of us. And, uh, and they want to run roughshod rule, whether it's from a uh, from a, uh, a religious uh, right wing religious sort of aspect uh, between uh, theocracy is the word I'm looking for. Um, mm-hmm. But his his thing, like you you captured, uh, I think in those two moments, like the Trump voter in a bottle, like you just put it in mm-hmm. there, um, and just he's <laughs> spitting and drooling and An- another it's like a rabid animal. Another uh, piece of that was a money shot. You know, it was uh, extraordinary to walk up and see him screaming and yelling like that to spit. I was scared as hell, you know, like, oh, God, COVID, COVID. Oh, God, you know? I didn't think about that, too. Oh, shit. I think about <laughs> it the whole time I'm there, man. It's, it, no one's wearing a mask. Like, you barely see anybody wearing a mask. So, I mean, him screaming on this, just wow, coming on. And it was like, I, I've been to, you know, back in the day, I used to be a big WWF fan. And that's what I felt like. He was in the middle of the, the wrestling ring and he was the evil villain. And, and he was trying to hype up the crowd. And except for the crowd, you know, they were all his fans. And they were screaming and yelling back at him, this is our country. And yeah, yeah, yeah come on. They're like, yeah. It was like a, whatever movie scene when it's time to go fight the war. You know, they needed that motivation. They needed that speech to go out there and die. You know, in the back in the day when the Roman Empire, they're, they're fighting, which is, you know, to me, one of the stupidest ways to fight. Okay, yeah, we're just going to walk up to each other and just clash heads. You know, that's what it felt like he was giving the speech to everybody, like what was going to happen. And, um, yeah, don't tread on me. Don't tread on me. This is our country. Uh, you know, <sighs> you know, yeah, I heard he's from around New York, around these parts. You can hear his accent. Uh, but, yeah, that was just a very memorable moment. And I'm happy that I was able to capture him. So hopefully thank he'll be you. a Riker thank soon. You. Yeah, <laughs> probably. <laughs> visit him there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, but no, that, that was yeah. that was an extraordinary moment. The the black and white pictures of you uh that you took of the uh the people uh who had gotten tear gassed and they're getting their eyes watered out. I mean mm-hmm. just really beautiful grit black and white photos. And then of course the uh, different stream that you had there. Was there anything you wanted to share, any other perceptions of, of that day that you wanted to share or things that you took away from? Um Yeah, I took away from his like now, what's been really important to me after the fact is making sure that my mental health um, was taken care of. Because, you know, that whole day I was just pumped up on adrenaline. You know, and I didn't realize how, you know, I guess really, really chaotic it was until I got back to my hotel room. Like, I knew that was crazy. I'm super excited to edit and everything and to show the world what I saw. You know, and, and uh, you know, I was scared to death, you know, at, at the end there, you know, the flashbangs or flashbangs, whatever there was, loud ass noises, which scared the shit out of me. Um, that kind of stuff was like, you know, you realize what it's like, wasn't until the next day that it just really hit me where I'm like, oh, man, like, I need to fucking cry. Yeah, I need to let this shit out because I'm, you know, I'm hurting inside. What I saw hurt me. And then it wasn't just from what I saw that day, it was this, you know, accumulation of, you know, COVID and isolation and, you know, not being able to do my regular everyday life, you know, missing music, you know, and 
live music. I mean, you know, it's just a bunch of stuff. So that's one thing that I, you know, I want people to understand that it's important. You know, if you are working out there, if you're a photographer, you're a journalist, um, you know, so just let it out and don't be afraid to be vulnerable. And also, you know, I find it what I took away from that day you know, is, is obvious that the country is divided, that it's going to take a long time to heal. Um, even if this didn't happen, but this just made the healing process, you know, we haven't even begun it. So whenever we begin the healing process, this just added years on top of it because, you know, the, the, this isn't stopping anytime soon. You know, uh, the extremists are just becoming more uh, bold. They're, they're becoming more organized. And, you know, the hate is... You know, they're wearing it right on their sleeve on their tattoos and they're proud. They're the proud boys. Um, so, you know, Biden, you know, his 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 presidency is going to have a lot on his hands. And, you know, I hope that, you know, within a few years or whatever, we start to see some sort of process uh, where things, you know, sort of change. And whoever is the president, the next time after him, <laughs> the next time, because I think this is, you know, 20 years of, of plus of undoing. Uh, I'm not the most political person, you know, you know, and I just really started getting into politics. You know, this is, you know, like I said, it's never been my avenue for my whole life. So, you know, now, you know, you, you start to pay attention more and you're just like, holy shit, like this whole thing is just, it's just out of control. Like, look at the inauguration. You can't even have you know, a real one. It's not even a, a, a socially distanced one. It's going to be, distance distance they close down the mall and so you can't even you go like this with the tele you know can't even get a whiff you might <laughs> you might even get a fingertip of them waving or something they don't have the screens up or anything you know it's it's horrible but you can you get know, one of those telescopic lenses that are like this for uh, yeah i don't even think that matters i don't <laughs> even think it you it, it would not matter you're not getting anywhere close to them they are they shut shit down so but i'll still be there <laughs> Do you think there's hope if we take, you know, I mean, Trump has definitely fallen hard from this and uh, hopefully he'll stay off his, you know, Twitter will keep banning him. I've called for that for years uh, and other things. And, and, and maybe if he goes down to disgrace and there's enough oxygen that we take out from his bullshit that a lot of this stuff will tone down. A lot of this maybe will die off. Um, I don't know. What do you do you think? Uh, what do you think about that? That it'll die off. Will uh, it'll maybe come down? I don't know. Is it, will it? Will it help? I don't know. No, <laughs> <laughs> we're fucked. <laughs> yeah, no, I think we're fucked for a little <clears throat> while. Like we're we're fucked for a little while. Like this, we are not. No, <laughs> no, no. Yeah. Now being in the thick of it, absolutely not. Like they are. This is not going away. Mm -mm. Yeah. Well, you witnessed something. You documented something. Uh, I, 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 there's a couple of photos you have that are beautiful photos where you have the skyline of, I think the Washington monument or, or the outlay of that, that mm -hmm. area. And then you have the mob and the fighting and, you know, it's just, it's just one of those beautiful, uh, well, it's not beautiful, but it's one of those picturesque things that really mm -hmm. need like the Smithsonian. So I think I, from my opinion, what you've done, some of the work and the beautiful photographs and interviews that you did, some of this stuff really needs to be in history books in the Smithsonian. So I'm really honored that you came on the show and spent some time. Maybe someday, I don't have grandkids, but maybe someday if I do or I'll be able to tell somebody, I had Mel call on my show to, to uh, <laughs> talk about these photos that you're seeing maybe 100 years from now. And uh, we'll be talking about this for what? 200 years or something like that <laughs> forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, like you said, like forever, man. It's like, it would be an honor to you know, have something in the Smithsonian or have something, you know, in a history book that, you know, is, is public, uh, you know, out published to whomever, like, it'd be amazing. So we'll yeah. see, you know, I hope so. I hope, you know, a lot of people are watching, you know, my life has changed, you know, my life changed when I started shooting, you know, the Black Lives Matter protests. And then, you know, it changed again last Wednesday, you know, so, you know, I've never had, you know, I've never done this much press in my life. So I'm just hoping that, you know, the powers that be that make the decisions are watching and listening and, you know, paying attention because that would be an honor. And that's definitely one of the goals, you know, because my, my little guy is right here behind me. He's two and a half, you know, and, 
you know, like he's going to have all my stuff, you know, leaving it to him, of course. But, you know, for him, to, I could just imagine, you know, being in school, if there's books when he's in school, who knows, or looking through whatever digital copy. And he's like, oh, man, my dad took this photo. Like yeah. That to me is, you know, worth worth it all. I've, I haven't seen any photos like yours from the show or from the, the coup. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't seen any photos that, that have that sort of quality. And there were a lot of professional guys there. Um, yeah, yeah. There were a lot the, of guys there, a lot of women. I mean, uh, not that many. When I say a lot, I didn't see a lot of photographers. But there were some good photographers there. I've seen some good photos. But, I mean, yeah, I feel like mine are some of the best, to be honest, yeah. simply speaking. Well, you're much braver than I am because I wouldn't even done it the way I am. And yeah, if I see Confederate flags, I just go, "I'm going that way." Yeah, my um, dad said. The, my dad said the same thing. He said, "Shit, I wouldn't have had my black ass in there. Ain't no way. <laughs> I wouldn't have gone myself." I, <laughs> hey, I, shit. Yeah, I've had white friends tell me like, "Shit, you crazy as hell for doing that." And I'm like, "Am I crazy?" Like, Some, like somebody I see guess. me. Somebody see me and they'd be like, "Did you do that fuck Donald Trump video on TikTok?" I'd be like, uh, <laughs> no, that's somebody else, man. No, I, no. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, give us your plugs, Mel, uh, before we go out so people can look you up. And I'll be looking forward to seeing your future photography, especially if you're shooting, if you're getting anywhere near the the inauguration. I'll be interested yeah. in that perspective, too. Yeah, like I said, I probably won't get there, but you definitely will see some photos, the Instagram story, or, you know, whatever. But you can go to my Instagram, at Mel D. Cole. You can go to my website. Uh, melodycold.com um you want to buy my book uh, it's called great photographs of hip-hop 2002 2019 you can buy that on amazon or you can buy it directly from us uh aka my publisher at gethaymaker.com that is gethaymaker.com and yeah besides that i'm at Meldico on every social media platform available that's known the man like i said earlier all the way back to myspace and black planet but yeah, I'm there. Holla at you, boy. Let's chat. Yeah, I try to read all my messages, but I'm still trying to catch up because I think I probably got over 5,000 messages over the last week. And yeah, yeah, it's been a lot. So yeah, yeah. So if you wrote, if you wrote me, if you're listening, you. yeah, if you if you wrote, if you're reading it, if you're watching this, or listening to this, if you wrote me, trust me, I received it. and I'm trying my best <laughs> to get to it, but it's it's tough, man. Well, hopefully we can get you a book deal and you can get a publicist and they can take care of that stuff for you there. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All that yeah, good yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to look forward to seeing a book from you. I'm going to look forward to, I'm going to be telling everybody about your artwork and I've already been sharing it with so many people. And I, I was just blown away. I just think it was great. And I'm just an honor to have you on the show today, Mel. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it, Chris. It's, it's an honor to be here. Thank you for asking me to participate in your podcast. You got I appreciate it. it. You're going to be one of these guys, and I'll make this bet now that you're you're going to go on to just rocket ship stardom, and you're, I'm going to see just more great photography from you. So I'm going to be real excited to see that. Let's uh, hope you're correct. <laughs> yes, yes. I don't think there's hope, man. You got talent. You got, you you. got it good. You're going to kick ass. You're going to take names. You're going. <laughs> uh, rock Thank on. Thank you. I appreciate it. There you go, bro. Uh, so uh, to my audience, be sure to watch the video version of this at YouTube.com for Chess Chris Foss. Hit that bell notification button. Go to Goodreads.com for Chess uh, Chris Foss. Go also to uh, Facebook.com, The Chris Foss Show, and LinkedIn as well. Thanks to Mel for being here and check him out online. Follow us some really cool stuff. And uh, wear your mask, stay safe, and we'll see you next time.